0: In South Dakota, hunting is our shared legacy, something everyone can be a part of. That's why we're focused on making our fields a welcome place for everyone. See how at huntthegreatestsd.com, where you can hear stories from sportswomen and learn what makes South Dakota the world's pheasant capital. While you're there, check out public land maps, hunting blogs, and season information for one unforgettable fall. Learn more at huntthegreatestsd.com. Having done most of my hunting in the Midwest, I sometimes take for granted how safe and non-threatening a lot of our hunting situations are. There's not a lot of predators in Iowa, like wolves and bears, hogs, gators, and, you know, we have, a, we have bobcats and mountain lions that pass through, but not a lot of threats as far as predators go while we're out hunting and it's something that as I start hunting in other states and talking to these guests and having been exposed a little bit to bear country I do have a pretty big fear of bears and how I would respond in those situations and we talked a little bit about that in this episode today as we have our guest Nikita and she is in canada and we talk bear hunting overcoming fear and a whole bunch of other really rad stuff and let's just say i'm pretty motivated to get out there and go black bear hunting after this so thanks for being here to another episode of woods and waters project podcast everybody meet nikita Nikita, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I am super excited to talk to you. You know, the guests that have been listening for a while know that I can go down a lot of rabbit holes. And especially when we have a guest that has done so many different things, and there's so many points to talk about, like yourself. (laughs) And I'm just very, very excited to have you on here and to get to know you and share your story. And, uh, you know, hopefully some helpful tips and tricks along the way too. But Thank you for being here. If you could, you know, introduce yourself, that would be awesome.
1: Well, thank you for the invite. It's pretty exciting. Um, Okay, so uh, my name is Nikita. I live in southeastern BC in Canada. And yeah, I don't know what else to say. Um, (laughs) You are not a
0: simple person by any means. There's so much more to your story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got two kids. They're both teenagers now but yeah we do a lot of hunting and hiking and fishing and we got a little farm and stuff so yeah
0: did you grow up <laughs> did you grow up hunting or like in the outdoors your whole life or how did that how did that come to be
1: I did um, not hunting specifically but my my grandparents and my uncles they hunted the only women and the only woman in my family that hunted was my nana um, and she used to take me out here and there with her but we were really big into fishing So that was kind of what I grew up doing was the fishing. My dad was really into fishing. So, yeah,
0: that's awesome. And you know what I think is cool? And and maybe we'll get more into this down in like later in the podcast, but something I've been thinking about a lot lately is I know there are people out there who women in their lives taught them how to hunt and fish and hike and all those things, Um, but not very many, right? Like our, like, especially like, I guess like our like generation roughly of people, I don't know, like how like old you are or anything like that, but I think we're like close (laughs) same generation. And um, I I, I don't know very many people that were taught by the women in their life, but I do think it's going to be interesting in 20 years, what that looks like and who got them into the outdoors and what, you know, you being a mother and your influence on your kids. And I'm just excited to hopefully be around long enough to hear that, you know, people talk about their moms oh, and their sure. sisters and their aunts and their female friends getting them into the outdoors i think that's so cool
1: yeah i i think it's going to be big especially with the huge push and in, into women with hunting right now so that'll be good yeah yeah it'll be it'll be crazy i think you know if
0: if any any ladies are listening i had someone say this to me the other day something to think about and it's like humbling and Something I've, again, reflected on a lot is any woman who's in the outdoor space, who's really putting themselves out there and um, showing up in this way and uh, talking about it, putting content out there, doing that stuff, like, you're in a position to be an example right now, because the amount of women that are getting into the outdoors is so great right now, that this is kind of like, if you want to pave a way like you absolutely can and the time is now because women want to do this do these things so I just think that's also like it's just interesting it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting looking back it doesn't feel like much now you're you know for myself growing up and hunting and fishing my whole life um it doesn't feel that different to me because it's always been a part of my life but when you like step back and get out of like your bubble it is actually significantly different and it's, 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 it's really cool.
1: Yeah, it is. So
0: as far as be, so you're quite a hunter now, so you didn't grow yeah. up hunting necessarily, but outdoors, fishing, everything. So when did you start getting into hunting and what has that looked like? What has that transition looked like into how much you're hunting now regularly?
1: Um, started when I started dating my now husband. Um, that was back in 2005. So that's when I started hunting. He um, helped. i always had an interest in getting into it. Um, my grandparents didn't live in the area anymore. They had moved away. Um, and so I looked to him to kind of help me get started and I went and did my hunter's education, got my pos- possession license for a rifle and that. Um, and then it kind of just took off from there. Um, I got it the summer of 2005 and I started hunting that fall season. And at first it was like, yeah, you know, we hunted deer. That was pretty much all I ha- had wanted to hunt. And then a couple years, it, it just kind of built more and more. And I got more and more into it as well um interesting thing is when I first started I was petrified of bears like we went I remember we went out hunting and I lived out in the country and we could hunt up behind our place and we were hunting up there and we were hunting for elk and a black bear had walked across in front of the clear cut that we were gonna sit in and call for elk uh, I was just a wreck I was petrified I was hyperventilating. Like bad um when I did my outdoors education class at high school we had a bear awareness part of the program and it actually scared me more than anything and from there it kind of yeah I wasn't very comfortable but as I got more comfortable hunting and being in the bush it went away oh so that's okay
0: so I've mentioned this a couple times in the podcast, you've unlocked a, a, a soapbox, as I say, uh, for me. So I, you know, growing up in Iowa, we don't have nearly the um, threats from like a wildlife perspective as like so many other parts of like the country, the world has, like it's very mild in comparison uh we don't you know we have we have predators that pass through but we don't really have we don't have mountain lions bears and wolves um you know we've got an occasional coyote pack which is very (laughs) rare that you're going to be in that situation um where they're where they're coming at you right so i have thought about that a lot as i've Have been a hunter for so long, but now as an adult, I travel to other states and I want to, you know, do different types of hunting. I didn't really know I was afraid of bears. And I sometimes get on these like kicks where I will binge bear attack videos on YouTube (laughs) 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 or close bear encounters. And um, like I think about that and I've been in a couple places where bears are pretty close, but nothing nothing too nothing too crazy. Um and I'm pretty and I have a grizzly bear tattoo on my shoulder. Nice. And I think I just I think I I think I stamped my death, you know? Like I'm a little <laughs> bit I'm a little bit uh like I don't know. I'm a little bit afraid of bears. I, I think yeah. about that a lot with some of the hunts I want to do. How I think I'm okay, but I think I would hyperventilate if I was not with people, like if I was by myself, I think I'd have a hard time. Yeah. So how, so is it, have you gotten through some of that just from like going so much like just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What just really, what really turned it
1: was. Yeah. And, but what really turned it was I decided, cause I was starting to get, hold on, it's getting windy. Just, sorry. <laughs> um, what really started, turned it around was when I, um, I started to get curious and I decided that I was going to try hunting for a bear and that's kind of when everything turned around and I started to get a little more comfortable and um yeah I, I don't know it's hard to explain but hunting them yeah. actually really <laughs> helped me and it really helped me understand them better yeah I think helped I could see that I
0: I can completely understand that and <clears throat> And do you primarily hunt bears with like hounds? Because you have hounds, right? Or- now
1: now <laughs> we do. We've only had the hounds for three, four years now. Um, but I've hunted black bear spot and stock with a rifle, spot and stock with my bow, um, in a tree stand over a bait. Um, we're not allowed to do that in BC, but we traveled to Saskatchewan with some friends awesome. who do it there. And then, yeah, and now we do it with, with the dogs I still enjoy doing spot and stock though it's I don't know it's a more of a it's a big challenge I shouldn't say it's a more of a challenge it's a different challenge um yeah. hunting the bears with dogs is definitely a challenge as well but just different
0: yeah no I can see that uh a black bear hunt is definitely at the top of my list for you know like an out of state hunt or out of you know <clears throat> just not an Iowa hunt that I would like to do I uh last year time is going by too fast but last year we went to northern Wisconsin with some friends and bear hunted with their hounds up there and I'm gonna just keep putting in for a bear tag to eventually be able to get my own that way but my I would agree that like that that helped with my with my fear of bears a little bit just even just that type of hunting but I don't feel quite great about it yet because it was with a big group of people they're up in a tree we had like 17 dogs you know it's it's yeah. not uh that's not a super threatening situation because you're not there by yourself you're not up you're not they do run down the tree uh you know at times but they want to get out of there they don't really want to mess with you um yeah so that that did help but i would love to uh archery uh hunt a bear in probably minnesota or canada um that's definitely a, a top, a top hunt for me, but it's kind of intimidating. Um, I would definitely say the whole brown bear grizzly bear thing is way more intimidating to me than a black bear. Um, you know, which rightfully so if anyone is like aware of the differences, I think they would be like all shaking their head. Like, yeah, that's way more intimidating because yeah, I think you might stand a chance with a black bear. Um, if they're threatening you where I don't think you stand a chance really at all
1: with a grizzly bear um well it's it's interesting though because like here we say if a black bear is attacking you kind of thing um to fight back because usually that means they're in predatory mode where usually when a grizzly is it's territorial and so they say if you play dead kind of thing they'll kind of beat on you a little bit and then they leave as long as you don't move um not being said too we've definitely had some uh predatory attacks here um, with the grizzlies a friend of mine was actually attacked during um, a bow season for elk Uh, she had two cubs yeah is she
0: um is is she okay or was she okay or
1: oh yeah he's okay He, he um he ended up in calgary at the hospital and um he's got some nerve damage in his face and that but he's okay yeah that's good
0: yeah, it's, it's crazy, and I, I know that um, there's just a lot of really, you know, badass things I'd like to do, and I know that a lot of the things I want to do require being in bear country, whether I'm hunting them or, you know, after an elk or something like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and <clears throat> I think I've seen all the survival, like what to do, read about it, you know, read all the stories about people who might have, if they could have changed something, I don't know if you can really be as, you know, super prepared for it until you're in that scenario. Anyway, like what (laughs) that animal is not, they're not all carbon copies of each other. They're not all going to react the same. You're going to get a, you're going to get a bear that's a little spicier than another. Um, and so, yeah, but I think, I think that's, I think that's awesome I loved hunting bears with hounds it was so much fun Um, we didn't even you know we didn't even shoot one we got a couple small ones but just like the act of following the hounds listening to them just like any other type of hound hunting was amazing I absolutely I just especially if it's like a social thing it's such a good time yeah watching the bear is really cool even if you don't get it um but I actually I have I've had I'm a fan of bear meat and I think bears are awesome and I would love to just like have a bear hunt in the next couple of years uh on my calendar but are you like so is that kind of your top like type of hunting or what's your favorite type of hunting if you had to choose
1: I would have to say bear hunting is probably my favorite yeah um I really like mountain goat hunting too um but yeah I would say bear is probably my favorite
0: yeah that's awesome And to me, like you saying that and where you live, like mountain goat and bear, like it seems very like physically demanding, especially if you're doing the spot and stock. Um, How does someone like, I guess, like, when did you feel ready to go do that? Or was it just taking that first step and going?
1: Um, I think it was just taking that first step and going. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I imagine. So I imagine you have to almost get your butt kicked once to really know what you're up against and. Not that that <laughs> happened to you. Maybe, maybe it wasn't that like physically grueling or anything, but I imagine, I imagine it is. Yeah. As far as mountain goat hunting, do you do that? Um, where do you go for that?
1: Uh, around here, uh, we've got mountain goats. Um, most of the areas you have to get a draw for. Um, we do have a couple open areas more north, um, but I've drawn. I've drawn tags and then I've also hunted in the open area as well but that's pretty it's pretty grueling that one the hike the hiking and that
0: yeah yeah it seems like it's probably something you're pretty pretty used to I think what I'm like so fascinated about like what you say and what your favorite is is one, one I don't have mountain goats or bears where I live <laughs> uh, and as far as mountain goats go <clears throat> people especially if they're out of state pay really big money to go on mountain goat hunts um yeah and they seem pretty physically grueling for the most part like it seems like it seems a lot of like a lot of uh, hiking a lot of packing a lot of a lot of everything um and what i think is interesting about you saying that you didn't start hunting until 2000. Five is I know, and you're gonna be the second guest I had that has made mention of this. So I'm and we didn't go super in depth with it. But um sorry, I had something just like go-crazy <laughs> for a second. Uh the extreme hunters competition that you did. Yep. <laughs> so that was like nine years later from you starting to hunt really to really get into hunting. So like I'm just trying to put it all together in my brain because really nine years is not a very long time, but a lot, I mean, a lot can happen, right? A lot of experience can get under your belt in that amount of time. So from going from like a newer hunter to doing a competition like that and just having like, you know, bear hunting and, uh, mountain goat hunting being like your favorites, like that's like crazy to me because in, in, in a great way, yeah. uh, t- like talk to me about that. Like, tell me how you got from point A to B.
1: Oh, um, (laughs) (laughs) just, um, I guess just learning, like constantly learning, um, just getting out there lots and lots, um, reading articles, um, talking with people, it, building your confidence, really. I would say. Um, that competition actually built my confidence up a lot compared to before I left when I came back. So yeah, it's just different experiences and yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I totally no, I, I totally understand. I think where I'm kind of like asking about that too is I teach a lot or host a lot of workshops or classes for women. Um around typically around like bow hunting and bow fishing and some we've done some turkey hunting stuff and small game stuff uh <clears throat> you know mostly built around the midwest since midwest yes. since that's where i am uh and sometimes like even for myself what i think is just really cool is even though i have been hunting my whole life <clears throat> there's certain aspects of different types of hunting or certain nuances of like woodsmanship that I felt or feel that I'm lacking or wish that I was better at and sometimes I feel behind the ball a lot of times and I sometimes I see that with uh, women that I get in classes and workshops like hey I'm just getting into this and I'm 35 years old or what you know whatever their situation I've had I've had women and men especially if we do like co-ed stuff I've had anyone from 18 years old to 75 years old. We had a 75-year-old man getting a turkey hunting wow. for the first time. Um, <clears throat> it was awesome, you know? And, like, d- depending on the person, sometimes they feel like they're just, like, so behind. But yeah. it's amazing if you want to do something bad enough, like, how actually great you can be at it. Some of the really, really amazing hunters or the really, really amazing archers or shooters that I know or hikers that I know, haven't been doing it their whole life. They've been yeah. doing it for a fraction of the time, but it became like an obsession, or it became their passion, or they didn't let anything get in their way, kind of thing. So, I think it's, I think it's awesome to like talk about you getting into hunting in 2005, and then nine years later, again, nine years shorter, long, depending <laughs> kind of how you look at it. But to be in yeah. like a competition with other really amazing women, I know a couple of those women that were in the competition um we had randy clark on the podcast not that long ago i I think it was at the same year not as me no okay i didn't i didn't think so but i was like trying to play that back in my brain but randy was in on that competition and she's a forester in colorado and a houndswoman, and just a total badass uh and she has not been doing it her whole life either um but i would say she could probably run circles around just about anybody who has yeah. been, you know, so I just, I think that's, I think that's rad. And I think it's important to highlight that man or woman, whatever, uh, like the stuff you can do and how much you can oh, learn yeah. in a short period of time. Cause yeah. I imagine the ladies that you competed against, was it six? Is it six ladies? Is that There's how it six.
1: Was? Yeah. There's six <laughs> and, of us.
0: Yeah. And I imagine like your strengths are probably completely different than the next.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's
0: cool. How how did how did you get into that? Was it kind of like uh, like a casting director, like reaches out or like connects with you kind of thing or?
1: Um, no, it was um, they they advertised it through social media. Um, I had seen it in that, but I had met. So it was Tom Opry and Olivia Opry that run the contest. And I had met Liv through Twitter (laughs) and um, she lives just across the border from me. So she's down in Montana and they were opening a a Cabela's down there. So we went down there to go for the grand opening and she was there scoring antlers and I got to talking to her and stuff. And uh, she was the one who pushed me to put in for it um I really didn't think I was ready for that I didn't think I had enough experience um I didn't think I was like extreme for something like that because I, I had never been outside of my little area hunting right yeah. and so she was the one that that talked me into putting in for it and what you had to do is you had to submit an, an essay and then from the essays they narrowed it down to like 21 girls And then you had to do like a media campaign. So from the media campaign and then that you got scored on points and then, and also judges, judges scores as well.
0: And then they narrowed it
1: down to six. And then those six would go to Texas to compete head to head kind of thing. So I I panicked. I totally panicked when I made it. That's amazing. No,
0: that's amazing. And I like, I love that because as much as you know, in the beginning of this, when I was talking about women getting into the outdoors, and if you like break it down like percentage-wise, I know maybe at the time it felt like, gosh, there are so many badass women that are probably gonna kick my ass in this, which there are so <laughs> many bad there are so <laughs> many badass women that do like things in the outdoors and with shooting, and oh my gosh, there there's so many. But yeah. really. Like, if you look at the whole grand scheme of things, the amount of women that are in hunting right now, they only make up, like, a couple percent of hunters and outdoorsmen right now, um, especially in 2014, 2015, like, that's, I mean, that's, that's so freaking awesome. It really (laughs) is. It really, really is. I think that's great. What were, like, the main, like, skill sets you guys had to have was there, um, was there kind of like a set skills that you had to specifically have to be a part of it?
1: Nope, nope, nope. Um, they had multiple different skills competitions while we were there, um, that ranged in all different types of strengths. But there was no specific skill set that you needed to enter that competition, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but. that's cool.
0: That is really cool. I had a, um, and I'm almost like afraid to talk about it too much because then people like hold hold me accountable (laughs) but uh uh I uh talked with a casting director for the show alone oh yeah um like uh just a couple months ago and I just wanted to understand and hear them out because they had reached out to me I had been reached out to about Naked and Afraid if you're familiar with that (laughs) show uh, a couple a couple of times and I didn't really respond and that was that was over two years ago and my family had said, well, if a loan ever reaches out to you, that's that's the real deal, you know? And I just yeah. Was like, yeah, well, I don't wanna do that. So I just like, let that be. And they reached out to me a couple months ago and my whole family was like, you have to at least talk to them, which I think was so funny that my family did that because my parents, even though they think like I'm great and are very proud and all that stuff, they definitely err on the side of like caution. Like they definitely oh, yeah. are like, oh, don't do that. You'll get hurt. Oh, don't do that. But then when it came to the show alone, they're like, you gotta do, do it. it. <laughs> you gotta try it. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm afraid of bears and that's, it's in Canada, which, you know, where they go specifically <laughs> is there's a lot of yep. bears, my understanding. Um, I don't know how to build a shelter. I mean, not well not really. Uh, so, but then I'm talking to the director and, you know, she just, she just wanted to know kind of what I felt were my strengths. So I go over some of that and she, she liked, you know, the, you know, for me, to be more of like the archery and the trapping side of things and some yep, foraging, yep. which she was like great with. And then I started binging the show and half of the people are like legitimately survivalists like they teach survival in like the middle of nowhere type classes I teach archery like it's not quite the same deal you know and um I got in my head and I'm like okay not not this year but maybe in the future I will I will consider it but uh yeah it was kind of I know it's not the same like type of competition, but in my head, I was like I was very in my head. I'm like, there's no, I am not your yeah. girl. I'm because they want to have more women involved. But I feel like yeah. you could be on alone. <laughs> Just based on what I know about you, I feel like you could be on alone.
1: And you I, I, I did get approached a couple of times, but that was when my kids were fairly small. Yeah. And I was like, mm, no, yeah. I'm not leaving my kids. I got approached for naked and afraid too. And I was like, I no no, I don't do naked. I'm no,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I, I, and it's not, it's not that it's not that I think that anyone who does the naked and afraid show is like, I don't, I don't think anything negative of those people at at all. Um, but in my (laughs) mind, yeah, a super brave (laughs) for multiple reasons. And I think the show is even more legit now than it used to be. I think at the time I, to me I felt like it would make me look really silly to do it in my mind but I but again I don't look at anyone who does that show and like think they're illegitimate because because of it uh but in my mind at the time I was like uh is this gonna make me like look bad because I had just started you know I've had my podcast for two and a half years and that was about the time that I got reached out to and Uh. I was like I don't know like It doesn't seem right but I I do think it's pretty badass and I think anytime you're put in like that reality show situation there's also the like I know there's some smoke and mirrors and like stuff that happens behind the scenes that is irritating Um, and I'm sure that wasn't any different with that like you know maybe not on purpose but I'm sure that was a thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. And uh, I I don't know, I I guess just to put it out there alone is looking for more badass women to do that show. So if anyone's interested, (laughs) I can give you the contact information. It's not hard to get a hold of them. Uh, And they are looking for more women to do it. So I think it'd be a cool opportunity for someone. I just don't think I'm, I just don't think I'm that person. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. And I don't want to be away. I don't, I can't imagine being away from kids. I don't have kids, No, but I have a 10 month old puppy and I don't even want to be away from him
1: for that long. <laughs> I can't imagine. No, no way. No. no. Way. Maybe when the kids are like grown. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. But right the now, longest, the
0: longest you'd <laughs> be gone, the longest is probably six months. And that'd be like top max, the longest I would bet. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone's made it past, like, 90 days. Yeah.
1: But um, that even that's, that's like, long with kids.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And people are walking away from, you know, their jobs. Like, most of these people have to be walking away from their jobs. Um, a lot of jobs aren't going to let you be gone for that long and take you back either. So, yeah. um, just crazy. I have a lot of respect for people who do that stuff, uh, even though... I'm a coward. (laughs) I'm not doing it. (laughs) Not a coward. (laughs) Yeah, not a coward, but just yeah, just not the not the right time. Not the right time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but you got? Did you get like second place in that competition? Yeah. Yeah, Cool. That's awesome. What did it like come down to? If you don't mind me asking, like, what does it like? What did it come down to in the end? Just kind of like a vote overall.
1: Honestly, I'm not even really sure. Um yeah. that's what I kind of understood. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was there was some controversy and political stuff that happened during it, but so I'm not sure what exactly yeah. was the driving factor for that, but yeah, and not that it really
0: and not that in my mind it was more I was asking more out of curiosity. Not that it even matters because every single one of you <laughs> ladies to even be there and doing that is freaking awesome.
1: Um, yeah, yeah.
0: And so like we mentioned your your kiddos a couple of times and you said they're, teen- they're teenagers now, but as far as like raising them in, in the outdoors, uh, is that something that they like enjoy now even as teenagers?
1: They do. They have both yeah. have different interests when it comes to it. Um, my daughter hunts. Um, they both like fishing. They like, they both like to go out for hikes. Um, my son is more of like an adventurer. He likes to go look for treasures and do some treasure hunting or find like little hidden gems, like little caves or buildings or that are deteriorating in the bush. Um, that's what he likes to do. He likes to look for antlers too, but so they definitely both have different interests when it comes to it.
0: Yeah, that's Awesome. That's really cool. I've been, as a, adults now, uh, I have two brothers, and I would say, uh, and I think they would agree, maybe not not now, but when we were younger, I was definitely, I'm the, <clears throat> the middle, and I went hunting and fishing with my dad more than anybody else did growing up, um, just because of I think our interests and how it all worked out. But like now we're all very, uh, very much outdoorsmen. Um my older brother is really into hiking and camping and like through hiking, like extreme kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just exploring, traveling. My younger brother is an avid hunter and loves loves to fish, uh, lo- loves all of that stuff. But, you know, camps, we grew up camping. That was our family vacation. That's all, that's all we did was camp. Um, but, you know, if he can like go on a badass hunt and then like be in a hotel, he'd probably prefer that. Where my older brother's like, let's sweat and be rained on out in the outdoors, but I don't want to go hunting at all. Uh, and so I feel like I'm, I'm in between. I'm very lucky because I have a sibling who I can do one thing with and another one I can do the other stuff with, which is pretty cool that's Um, pretty cool yeah and like we were you know I think uh raised differently kind of too so it's just cool like as an adulthood um how that all kind of worked out but it was just part of our what we grew up around and I think something I'm like hyper aware of now my my full-time job is I plan hunts for youth in the state of Iowa. I work for a nonprofit and my That's job cool. is to coordinate hunts for them. Yeah. I love my job. I have an awesome job, uh, very grateful. And it's been very insightful and just really rewarding. Um, cause I mentor a lot of the hunts as well. And it's just interesting, like watching kids get into it or like parents, like there's so many parents out there who they weren't raised around it or they don't hunt or fish, but they really want their kids to be, you know, they really yeah. want them to be exposed. And it's, it's really neat to be a part of, um, and it's something I think about, like if I ever have kids, like how, how am I going to do that? You know, I can't force their interests, but, uh, how can I expose them in a non-threatening way where they respect Mm -hmm. it, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I think that's, I think that's awesome. Like, were they going along with you from a young age or with you and like your, like with your husband or what did that look like?
1: Yeah, they, um, from the moment they were born, we, um, would take them out with us. So whether it would be like just kind of puttering around in the bush in the truck while they were infants, um, to once they could like hold up their head and they were strong enough, we'd put them in the backpack and we'd hike with them and they'd come hunting that way as well. Um, just any way that we could, we used ground blinds, um, when they were like toddlers, ground blinds, cause it hides their movement. They could play quietly with like cars or with coloring or whatever. Or we'd even bring like a little movie for them if we're gonna be out lo- long. We bring a movie with headphones and they'd sit in the ground blind and watch a movie, but just kind of getting them started with that. And then it just becomes something that they just do. Yeah. And then eventually they, as they get older we bring them hiking more and they, we get them walking more. But starting them from a really young age is what seems to have helped for them. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: I think that's really great, and I I don't ever remember like my friends that seem to be really successful at it too. Like where their kids just love it and it's just second nature. It's it's never a forced thing. It's just like you pack them up and they're coming with, or they're doing the thing, or they're staying right there, or um, you know, just getting them used to holding a fish, watching you clean an animal, uh, you know, but still make it fun for them as much as possible. Don't make it miserable. Uh, yeah. don't make it a punishing thing. Uh, I definitely think that growing up, like I remember my dad is a very avid deer hunter, uh, and, but he doesn't really like the cold. He can sit all day if he needs to and wants to, but he really doesn't have to very much. So when I was little, I think he really enjoyed when I got cold. Cause he's like, Oh, well time to go. <laughs> I guess Steph got cold. And then I realized oh, that as I got older, because there'd be times where I get to, I got to a point where I can sit all day and he's like looking at me like, Oh, are you ready to go? And I'm like, no, I'm good. he's like, I'm going to go to the truck and you can just come find me (laughs) okay (laughs) so I think I think he sometimes probably misses that but he also is is very successful with deer hunting and really doesn't um probably have to always put the hours in that I do to be successful because he just kind of has his thing figured out
1: yeah
0: figured out so uh he's paid his dues I guess (laughs) do you have any uh from like for me so like that like I, I kind of I, I didn't mean to skip over it at all with bear hunting do you mm-hmm. have any advice for someone like so for like myself like someone who um I'm pretty open like I don't necessarily have a specific location I want to go I just really want to go to black bear hunt um yeah. preferably with my bow and but really i'd be up for whatever like what would be your advice on things i would need to like prepare for like uh anything anything that you'd want to share i guess as a new bear hunter
1: um it would really depend on what type of bear hunting you're going to do um in general though i would say making sure you're comfortable with shooting your rifle um or your bow um knowing what yardage you're capable of shooting out to um, And then really studying the bear anatomy too because their hearts aren't in the same spot as the deer. Um, They're located lower. So really getting to know like the anatomy of a bear and where your kill spots are going to be would be a big one. Um, Yeah, and then depending on what type of hunt you're going to go on, it really depends on what you would need to prepare for that as well. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and it really like, it seems like that, I mean, that would be the advice that I would give for, you know, anyone asking me that question on anything else, like getting to know, getting to know your weapon (laughs) of choice and practicing (laughs) if you can and understanding that animal as much as possible. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. Like, you know, something that we've, I've talked about a little bit on this podcast that I've learned from, from my boyfriend, he's a snow goose guide and I grew up duck hunting and goose hunting my whole life, but shooting a snow goose is way different um than shooting a Canada goose or any really other waterfowl um just the way that they move and the way that they come into land and like how fast they're actually moving even though it looks like they're floating understanding your lead with your shot and how much further ahead um on a bird you need to be compared to another like you know a Canada goose it's pretty much dead on uh because they're they're big and they're slower uh versus uh versus a snow goose and just those are things that i don't think until you're in it until you're doing it you understand but yeah. uh that would be my thing like that's probably my biggest fear with bear hunting is i would say a if making a bad shot and in either a like just wounding it and, and not um not killing it and hurting the animal but also wounding it where i put myself in danger if it's like uh, yes. i see you kind of thing um and then being alone in the woods uh with bears like I've had a friend who lives down south she was going out to her deer stand and like came across a black bear and they were like she's telling this story of them being like face to face and her just yell at this black bear like hey (laughs) and it like goes away and she talks about it in such a casual way and I was like I would shit myself (laughs) there's no way
1: there's no way i would Uh, honestly (laughs) most of the time bears will the black bears will they they'll leave they're pretty non-confrontational but you do come across the odd ones that are that are scary
0: yeah (laughs) yeah if they're hungry i get it they're in we're in their territory they're hungry if there's babies they're pissed off or something um (laughs) Just want you to go away. I totally get it. It's going to happen. Yep. And I can't wait to, I'll tell you about it when it does happen. And, <laughs> and uh, like, I went to, um, you might be familiar, but like we would like with the boundary waters, like the Minnesota Canada boundary waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did a kayaking, portaging, camping trip with two of my best girlfriends up there for like three days. <clears throat> and, uh in we're definitely in black bear country where we are there's black bears everywhere and you see sign of them and we have our packs out our pack out in the woods away from our campsite and everything and there was one night where you could just we couldn't sleep because the mosquitoes were so loud and in the background we had our pans draped over our height our hiking bag. And you could just hear the, and it could have been a coon or something. I don't think so, though. <laughs> but you could hear, like, cling, 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 Like someone, something was, like, playing with our pot on our oh, wow. in the middle of the woods. And we never, we never had any issues or anything. But the second um, we pulled out of, like, our first campsite, like, the last day, everything's packed, not canoeing anymore, blah, blah, blah. The second we pulled my truck out of the gravel road, a huge ass black bear runs right in front of my truck. Like, right, <laughs> I mean, the second. And, um, I really wasn't that nervous about it or anything out there, but, uh, that's pretty much besides bear hunting. I was way more worried about wolves than I was bears, uh, while bear hunting.
1: But okay.
0: Is, is that, um, they're following the dogs typically so like the wolves are waiting for and i'm sure you know about this or maybe i guess what's the wolf situation where you live is that pretty we got far? a lot
1: of wolves okay so yeah
0: yeah that's what i figured we, we saw we saw wolves while we were bear hunting um and they were kind of i think from my understanding they're hanging out and watching the slower dogs um if a dog gets either behind or way too far ahead they're kind of singling out those hounds is my understanding um, yeah it, it didn't end up being a problem at all but they were they were That's definitely good. around
1: yeah yeah but yeah we have so a lot uncommon. of problems we have a lot of problems around here with the wolves and hounds um especially during cat season um every year you hear of guys losing like a dog or two or there's even been some that have lost their entire pack to wolves
0: because really?
1: we get yeah we get packs of wolves up towards like 20 dogs here like they're everywhere up here yeah
0: that's what I I mean that's what I imagine um and and that is something that I probably I don't know I'm I try not to think about too much because I'll really psych myself up and out of it but do you guys have a lot of grouse there yeah. I, okay. So my our Br- my Brittany spaniel. Who like I'll just show you. Sorry, podcast people, you can't see the. No. <laughs> he doesn't like when I don't sit like in the living room. He plops down over here somewhere. Uh, <laughs> has to follow. He's he's pretty sweet, but he he got uh, introduced to grouse right away. Uh, we don't have grouse in Iowa. um but we've, I've gotten into grass hunting here lately and I have loved it. I've been in Minnesota and Wisconsin grass hunting. Um, and I didn't really think about it until I got there, but there are signs of there's wolf sign everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. there, the last grass hunt we went on, there was clearly a wolf that we had like pushed out. Like we had walked in and on our walk back, there wasn't scat and prints and on our walk back, there was scat and prints. Like we had just you know, probably missed <clears throat> this wolf. And I've been thinking about that like as I get into it, like I love my dog like a child, and he's not very big. And I can't imagine hunting one single dog because I'd be so afraid of him getting singled out and pushed away from us. Um yeah. I think that's a real problem. And like it, it kind of freaks me out a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Cause I can't be afraid. <laughs> you know, of everything, so.
1: Yeah, it, it is tough, though. You put so much time and energy into these dogs, and just to, yeah, it's, yeah, we just, we almost lost one of our dogs this year, not to wolves, but to the river, and that was pretty scary. It was, oh, um, it definitely rattled her up, too. She, after that, she wouldn't cross any rivers, so yeah. not if they were fast-moving, she wouldn't go. It rattled her cage a bit.
0: Yeah, how long have you, um, like personally been hunting with hounds
1: personally um like not my dogs I, I started hunting with we have a buddy who's got hounds who I went out with um for my cougar and my bobcat and that was back in oh crap when was that 28 2017 2018 somewhere in there so we hunted with him a few years before we got our first hound. We got our first hound four years ago.
0: Awesome. And you have you have a bunch of them now.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you? What do you? What type of uh? What type of dogs do you run? What type of dogs do you? Uh,
1: have? We have a black and tan coon hound. Um, she's the one that she was. We had two of them her and her brother those were our first ones um our his her brother is up with a friend in prince george now hunting bear um and we kept her and then we've got a plot hound uh we've got american leopard hounds and then awesome. we've got two two pups that came out of our plot and our leopard hound that we kept
0: yeah that's cool that's super cool i i didn't <clears throat> I just, you know, I love, I love dogs in general and could talk about dogs, especially hunting dogs, working dogs all, all the time. Um, and that's like a whole different world for me too. I feel like I got in pretty deep with it. and sounds like you are the same. I, I didn't grow up doing that at all. Um, and it has been, you know, we coon hunt. So in Iowa, we just, we do a lot of coon hunting. Um, and we have train train walkers but we have friends sorry yeah yeah is it like a running (laughs) walker
1: she's uh part running part treeing. cool she's half and half
0: yeah yeah that's cool I I'm just like I don't know I never had like a big judgment of like houndsman I know some people look at that and think oh my gosh you're putting your dog in danger you're overworking them you're not treating them right blah 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 and i would say for the most part there are extreme examples of houndsmen not caring for their dogs appropriately but those dogs like they want to do that they want to they oh. want to chase that animal in that track and they want um they, they want to do you know they want they live for this just like yep. your bird dog lives to you know point or flush a bird um and it's been so cool to be a part of that world and have friends that, like I said, did the, the bear hunt, the hog hunting. Um, I wish that was something I was exposed to. If I could go back in time and like have something that I would have been exposed to sooner, it would have been probably hunting with hounds, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I know my husband really wishes he we would have got into it sooner, but yeah, at the time living in town and having a bunch of hounds. Yeah, it's hard.
0: <laughs> it it's <is>. super hard. <laughs> i can't yeah there's no there's no way uh and you have to be pretty dedicated to the hunting too uh are yours pretty much bear
1: hunters then uh mainly bear but they do cat as well it's cougar and bobcat cool that's awesome
0: you i would imagine you have a pretty plentiful like bobcat and cougar like population there is it pretty good yeah
1: yeah it's not too bad yeah
0: yeah you guys do you guys have turkeys there yeah, we do. <laughs> you do. <clears throat> yep. Okay. All right. I know Canada is not just one like small little place. Uh, Canada is large, but as a whole, but um, I've I've talked to multiple people who said that
1: they don't have turkeys in Canada. So there's like, lots of areas yeah, that that do not okay. have turkey. Um, BC, I think us and so we're the east Kootenays, and then there's the west Kootenays right beside us. We're the only ones in BC that have turkey. And then I think Ontario is the next one that has Turkey.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like there's no, I was gonna say there's no way that the entire like like Canada as a whole doesn't. I feel like there's parts of Canada that are prime spots for Turkey. Yeah. Do you have, do you, but you have raccoons as well, right? I'm not.
1: We do um, in our area, we don't have a whole lot, but if you go towards the coast, the West coast, um, there's a ton of coons back over there. We yeah. don't have enough of a population base here to hunt coon, much to my husband's dismay. <laughs> um, I'd rather not have them in the area because they're destructive. But yeah, um, where I get my hay for my horses, he's got coons on his property. So he invites us to come out and we get to hunt the coons on his property during season. So it's not too bad. Yeah, That's awesome.
0: I, I don't have like an urge really to leave Iowa because of my friends and family. And I just love the state as a whole, but, and it's so goofy, uh, but I get it. Jacob, my boyfriend has been a coon hunter since he was nine years old and, um, he competes, uh, with his, his, uh, his female and they do really well. And she's a great, she's a great coon hound. But he lived, he was in a relationship where he lived in Texas for a while and he lived in Montana for a while. And ultimately he like comes back to Iowa because he we have good coon numbers. (laughs) Like that's why he lives here. (laughs) And it's so funny to me because he loves like hunting deer and bear and hogs with hounds like he loves that but he is a coon hunter through and through and I just think that is hilarious um because <laughs> coon hunting is amazing like it, not downplaying yeah. it but when you just say it out loud that he pretty much keeps coming back to Iowa because there's ra- there's raccoons here that's just like goofy out loud uh because <laughs> he could have hounds for whatever he wanted but raccoons is his poison that he picks. yeah so, so it's his niche yep it is and it's I just think you know where we live is is okay for it but like running hounds for coyotes um I just started doing that this last season for the first time I'd only ever called them before um never ran hounds for them and I love it like I almost was frustrated that we did it with some friends because I'm like we had permission on this property for these specific hunts but we don't own this property we we personally don't have permission we got it through our buddies that we were going with right and so like the reality of me having hounds to hunt coyotes with is probably pretty low uh just if we're not gonna move um but it's it kind of sucked because I had such a good time and loved it so much that I'm like I almost wish you wouldn't have exposed me to this because I want to do do this (laughs) I want to do this and we can't do it regularly, you know? So, Uh,
1: um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we got friends in uh, Ontario that run coyotes with uh, they've got walkers, and that's actually um, his uh, kennels called Fast Track Kennels. And we got our walker pup from him, and he runs coyotes, and yeah, he's like, it's just a blast,
0: it is so much fun. Yeah. I like, I I probably need to get someone like that on the podcast just to like, I don't know, just talk about that side of it, I guess. Um, You know, hounds, I mean, really, no matter what animal you're pursuing with hounds, it's kind of the same story. Like the guts of it are kind of the same, you know, like listening to your dog and the track that they're on and understanding what they're saying to you and um, approaching the animal and all of those things, you know, and all of it's kind of the same, but it it's yeah. not though. If you get a chance to hunt behind hounds for different animals, you should just to, just for perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's really neat. What's your like next adventure? What's something that you're pursuing next or what, what does life have in store for you coming up?
1: Um, I'm not really sure. Um, I would like to eventually go for caribou, but, um, the caribou numbers aren't doing very well in BC. Um, they just moved it all to LEH. So there's no longer an open season. Um, when we were up sheep hunting in Northern BC, we could have had that opportunity to hunt caribou, but they were right up at the top of the mountain with the sheep and we nobody had a caribou tag. So, um, but that is one that I've always wanted to go after. And I would really love to be able to go to like, like the Yukon and hunt for caribou um but time and money and it's just
0: damn that time right
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah, right (laughs) just a dream at the moment maybe one day it'll come yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) I totally understand
0: I totally understand if you could only pick like one you know either hunting or fishing or just one thing I don't even like asking that question because I could not answer that question but uh like if you could pick something like what would it be
1: to do just that yeah just that uh hunting um hunting for what though I'm not really sure (laughs) I don't know (laughs) yeah bad
0: question because I can't answer it either I shouldn't ask questions that I can't answer uh because yeah I just I couldn't like having dogs I think for like uh puts me in one direction versus the other uh you know wanting to hunt with my dogs but yeah at the same time like for me personally I love turkey hunting um but pretty much whatever is coming up next in season is what I look forward to the most
1: yeah sorry <laughs> letting my dog out there <laughs> that's okay okay <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. As far as, um,
0: like, I know it, it's, it seems like it's important to you to kind of just be someone to help encourage women and youth to get outside and to get out hunting and all, all of those things. And I really relate to that and admire that because you know same same like I, I want to empower people and encourage them to just get out there and even if they don't become this like intense hunter it's not even about that it's also taking a hike and being just more familiar with like your surroundings and what
1: is outside yeah just getting out there just doing it being out yeah yeah because I just
0: <clears throat> I think I you know on one hand I don't want everyone to become a hunter. I don't want every single person (laughs) to become a hunter, you know, because it's kind of like a special. It's a special thing, but I think everyone needs to try it. (laughs) Like, I, I, I I really do because I just think I've just, I just think it's life changing, and I think that it's healing and all of those things. So, for you to put yourself out there in the way that you have and like represent that I think is a big deal and um I just appreciate like you sharing it because sometimes I'm sure I know for me sometimes I wish I just deleted my social media because it's kind of annoying and there's negative things and people's opinions and feeling this need to show up a certain way because you know if you don't you're going to get scrutinized by maybe probably other hunters even Um, yeah it's just that's frustrating like it's it's just really frustrating um but I really appreciate you showing up and doing it because people have to kind of see what is possible and you've done some really cool stuff so thank you (laughs) yeah you're so welcome (laughs) is there any uh parting words or words of wisdom that you would, would have for our listeners
1: um I would say that if you're sitting on the fence thinking about getting into hunting or anything that just just go for it like if you if it's not for you it's something you can walk away from if it you may find your new passion like um if you're a woman who's trying to get out there see if you can find a lady who'll mentor you um a lot of times i find sometimes women can be better mentors than the men um but at that there are some wonderful men out there that ha- can mentor you as well so it's just a matter of getting that confidence and just going for it
0: yeah I agree with everything that you just said there are wonderful people out there who are more than happy to take you along and there are bad eggs out there for sure but I think overall yep. um, like as a majority I think most people like in outdoor spaces want you to have a safe and awesome experience and just be there because there is something um as someone who's mentored people watching someone else's success or experience and like just being a part of that is really special and I think there's a lot of people who would be more than willing to take you out hunting or fishing or you know whatever adventure you want to go on if you if you look there's somebody who would be willing to take you so I yeah I wholeheartedly agree with that. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and just like sharing your story and who a little bit about who you are. I feel like we like just skim the surface with it because, <laughs> because like I I mean maybe you're just like really humble, which is awesome. I, I don't know because like I know that you've done some pretty badass stuff and where you're living and what you're doing, I think it is uh, is pretty incredible and inspiring. So I'll make sure to share your information so people can follow you and hear from you and everything and yeah so thank you again for being on the podcast thank you so much for being here for another episode love and appreciate you guys leave us a review on itunes and until next time get out
1: there